Whether you're Lady Cassandra, Queen Victoria, a Time Lady, Madame Kaverian, or the Empress of Mars, welcome to A Bad Case of Loving Who. I'm Thomas Medina, and he could slaughter a whole civilization, then weep at the destruction of a flower. It's Christopher Stennett. Hello. Indeed, that's me. Love flowers, by the way. Well, that one was particularly on a particularly good description. Hello? Hi. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I'm not going to edit that out. That was beautiful. I was um, talking about roses being looking like blood, and I have no idea what you said. Okay. One, okay. You got lost in that train of thought. Every time we mention blood, you're just gone. Pretty much. <laughs> okay. Empress of Mars is the episode today. It's... Episode 9 of season 10, I want to say. I forget. It's it's 8 or 9 or thereabouts. We're actually uh, quite a way through the series then. It's flying by. Mm. There's like three left. Yeah. Um, yes, it's episode 9. So 10, 11, 12, three more to go. Wow. It's really flying by. Yeah. Uh, Got dogged down episode, by the monks a bit, but now we're past that and driving yeah, forward. We're through the monk saga, driving to the end now. And the Empress of Mars, this is what IMDb says. The Doctor, Bill and Nardole discover a female ice warrior on Mars in 1881. It's directed by Wayne Yip, same as last week, and written by Mark Gatiss, who we know obviously very well because he is always acting and directing and writing uh, everywhere, all over the place, in your face. (laughs) And it it must be... He's written, yeah, a fair few Doctor Who episodes now. And starred in them as well. And starred in them. He seems to write about one a season, doesn't he? Yeah. And this is his one. Was he producer or is producer? Um, I don't think... As far as I know, I'm not totally sure, but I don't think he is on Doctor Who. Okay. Uh, yes, on Sherlock, but not on Doctor okay. Who. Um, yeah, but before we talk about anything actually in this episode, just this episode reminded me about a couple episodes ago and the the, the pyramid one, uh, yep. pyramid at the end of the world. Mm-hmm. When, when we had that cliffhanger where... Nardole was dying in the TARDIS. Do you remember that? Yeah. <laughs> that. Well, I would have preferred it if he did actually die. Well, I I can't believe I forgot about that because I at least thought that that was, you know, a problem they were going to have to resolve. But uh, I, <laughs> it just completely went away, didn't it? Because the next much. episode kind of reset everything. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it gave a brief explanation. It was like, um, I think he's got new lungs or something. Well, that's just a, a disappointment in hindsight because I got pretty excited by the the feeling of peril at the end of that episode mm-hmm. that all the characters were in. But, uh, yeah. I'm just, it's all good. <laughs> um, but this episode, The Empress of Mars. Uh, felt to me quite 
like uh, like a classic episode more than usual, which for I guess for obvious reasons the classic Ice Warrior monsters are here, um, and well they had like what looks like a bit more old fashioned kind of alien sets and costumes and stuff. It was all very um, uh, wiggy is a word I use when there's wigs, but not necessarily wigs, just like costumes and um, and sets and stuff. It was all very wiggy. Does that make sense? Glad you've said that. I probably wouldn't go with the wiggy bit, but <laughs> it did feel like a classic episode to me as well. So yeah, yeah, and a and a very kind of simple contained episode, really, isn't it? Indeed. Uh, one adventure on Mars, yeah. which, well, I'll, I'll say I, I I quite liked this episode. I thought it was decent. Um. Agreed. The only part I kind of, I think I didn't really like is the first scene on Earth at NASA, uh, the opening, where Bill, the Doctor, and Nardo uh, just look a bit like they're getting in the way and being a bit obnoxious at NASA uh, for for no reason, really. Um, there was reason. You see it at the end where they put the rocks in the gods of the queen. But yeah. I totally agree that when you first see it, it does seem like they're just there for a holiday and shouldn't really do anything there. Yeah, they don't look like they're travelling through time and space in a very subtle, kind of inconspicuous way. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and what was the other thing? Um, I forgot totally what I was going to say. <laughs> okay, I'll say that I could maybe get if um, NASA had a big problem with the reveal of seeing that God Save the Queen stuff and then called the Doctor in. Mm. Um, I could get if that starts the adventure, but them just turning up there and being on holiday or random adventure I don't quite get. Yeah. I think I would have preferred like, we'd miss out the the God Save the Queen thing, but if they just started the episode like straight on Mars we can go straight there. Yeah, yeah. But but, uh, that's okay. Uh, During that scene I was kind of thinking I'm not liking this. I hope this is uh, a simulation again. (laughs) I hope these aren't real NASA people or something. But, uh, Oh, well, it was real. That's okay. Um, Must say, it's probably a bit British to do that as well. Just have the God Save the Queen message emanating through all these American things. Yeah, totally. And I thought the British characters in this episode were pretty good. Uh, uh, Pretty, uh, we get to know, it feels like we get to know a few of these characters much yes, better than indeed. than we usually do, and they've yeah. How great are their names? Uh, Jack Daw and Captain Catchlove. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, apparently, I just read um, in some article that that Mark Gatiss said Captain Catchlove. Uh, he actually chose that name because he was researching for this episode and mm-hmm. found an actual person from the time who, who was ah. called Captain Catchlove. So it's it's a real... It's lifted from real events. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, it sounds like the most ridiculous made-up thing. 
yeah, so you liked the British characters too? The, yeah, and what you were saying about characters in general is that we actually got to know a fair bit about them and um, their motivations, their fears, um, which is something that we haven't seen a great deal of throughout Doctor Who this series, I feel. Yeah, they each had their thing. There was, like, the greedy one, the one yeah. who was getting married soon, the evil moustache one, and the the scared leader. Yep. Um, yeah. And and they they just played up the Britishness so much. <laughs> the dialogue was pretty fun. Yeah. <laughs> and a bit of tea and crumpets. Uh-huh, yes. <laughs> and, uh, and I think the whole visual style that went with that was pretty interesting and unique too i just it it felt like something i've never really seen before those kind of british um soldier style kind of people in the setting of of red caves of mars it's um yeah it's a it felt unique mm. and being in the caves of mars is not something you generally think about. You think about the surface of Mars and yes, that's where right. we've been before and what we've seen, but then the caves of Mars, it's a whole different world down there. Very true. Yeah, it was a little bit claustrophobic in 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 a good way, I think. Um, yes. Yeah, it was More all very cosy rather than a claustrophobic. It was. It was. Yeah, just kind of adorable how the all the British people were seemed just so uh, content with being in caves on Mars. They were just so used to it <laughs> when we meet them. It was strange, kind of bizarre. So, I thought yeah. if you were on Mars, you would be panicking. <laughs> yeah, I'd be absolutely terrified if I was on Mars. Yeah, well, it's it's cool. They must have gotten over that, which mm. which makes it just we get to see a very different thing than than in in most Doctor Who episodes. You you get to see characters kind of confronting really weird things and freaking out. But in this one, they're all like, "Oh yeah, we're eighteen yeah. nineteenth century Mars. deal with it. It's fine. <laughs> that was good. And and how good were their um beyond just their costumes and that design and everything their their space suits you <laughs> mean the ones we see the doctor not all and bill in at the start well they were good but yes. the british ones as well where they've got all these contraptions it's kind of <laughs> old style space suits well like i love how that old punk. style space suit contrasted with the very Sleek and um, very well-designed ones of the Doctor and Bill. Yeah, they both do the job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I'd take the one with the um, <laughs> with the speakerphone attached to the helmet. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's craziness. <laughs> oh, I'd uh, love to see it in action, though. Oh, yeah. And uh, what did you think of the the Ice Warriors? I, I'd, I, it was only after I watched this episode that I remembered we saw them only a couple years ago in season seven, I think. Um, Cold on War, that submarine. Yeah, Cold yeah. War. 
uh, I, I'd I'd been thinking we hadn't seen them since the classic series, but but no, we saw them just a few years ago. But what did you think of them this time? Well, I thought it was a good in well. I say introduction to them, but yeah, we do already know a fair bit about them. Mm. So I'll say good reintroduction to them. Yeah, yeah, and I like having a you know one on our site. What's his name? Friday. Um, yeah, that was cool having a friendly one. Uh, <laughs> the one with the eye. Yeah, with with the well, or without the eye. With <laughs> so <to> yeah. <laughs> Oh. And that that part where the Empress is waking them all up mm. and they're all coming out of those, like, tombs and stuff, yes. that just looked like very classic Doctor Who, I thought. Oh, I, I can just remember so many episodes with, I don't know, maybe it was Ice Warriors, but definitely also Cybermen where they're in a chamber like that and, and there's all the Cybermen or Ice Warriors in pods like that just glowing and, yeah. and it looked great. <laughs> it didn't look too cheesy either. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. It could have easily been very cheesy. Yeah, but even the gold and the costumes and all that, they looked very um believable without going too far away from um the old classic stuff. Just a tiny little like, a paint, I felt. Yeah, mm-hmm. And then at the end, there is a another classic villain, re- well, classic uh, monster, I guess, returning, uh, which I didn't really know much about. I've had to look them up and stuff, but uh, the Alpha Centauri. Okay, I'm uh, glad you've looked them up, because I must admit that I knew absolutely nothing about them. Yeah, at first I thought, um, are they the same people... The eye monsters that were in 11th hour because there was a big eye in 11th hour uh, yep um, which I still don't have the answer to that I don't know <laughs> maybe it is, maybe it isn't but I do know that the Alpha Centauri um, come from 70s Doctor Who and they've they've been in the classics series a few times um, and they kind of represent some sort of galactic federation so Okay. There you go. Yeah, when um, when I first heard that voice coming through the transmission thing, I thought it might be um, Missy playing a joke. Me too. I totally thought it was Missy doing a voice. Yeah. (laughs) Speaking of Missy, Mm -hmm. um, it's interesting to see that she's been let out of the vault. It's so anticlimactic in the end, isn't it? The whole vault oh, thing. Very, very anticlimactic. If you can just go in and out as please, basically. Yeah, from the first episode of this season, the two things I thought were guaranteed this this season were um, a big dramatic reveal of who's in the vault, and a big dramatic escape from of whatever's in the vault. Two things we did not get. <laughs> no, um, I, I, at the moment, I don't even feel like the the vault is doing anything. At this point, they might as well knock it down and give that space back to the university. It's uh, <laughs> that's right. 
but also the way she gets out is um is seems just very random. Why was the TARDIS playing up like that? Any idea? No idea at all. Um, because it does do that sometimes in in just some episodes. Like sometimes it um flies off, but they usually give it a reason. <laughs> totally. When like I remember, uh, um. So when Nardo goes back into the tires to get rope and shovels and whatever else to get Bill out, I think, um, because we see a shot where the thing just activates, I think maybe there's an invisible creature on the TARDIS. Right, yeah. Or maybe it does have something to do with that bit I was talking about in, in... Um, the pyramids one because remember we were talking then about how there was that deadly vi- virus thing and we thought the TARDIS might have caught it yep. um, but then on the other hand if that's so it's just weird that we didn't see it for an episode or so uh, <laughs> people have, will have forgotten it might still come back Possible. Yeah, that because that virus did like kill things in like a day or something. So maybe it yeah. worked on the TARDIS, and because it's in TARDIS, it took like a month or something. So yeah, I feel like it's it's gonna be weird if if it comes back to that. It just it's gonna feel weird, but yeah. it's the only uh, right. It's maybe the only logical explanation I can think of. Mm. Obvious explanation. Um, yeah, but also moving forward, what does um, what does Missy on the TARDIS mean now? Will we get to see Missy in the next episode having an adventure? Yes, I'm. I'm see that. I think so, and I hope so. That's certainly something I reckon they should do. Yeah, that'd be great. Mm. Um. Because we've already um, established that the Doctor is sort of trying to re remodel her in a way and yeah, get her uh, to think her good. good. So yeah. if he could take her on an adventure and then like guide her through that process, that would be that would be fun to see. That's right. It's it's very interesting, and then. We've basically got three companions, which mm. is rare. It's rare it gets that high. But I love it. I love having lots of companions. Mm. <laughs> yeah, where do we have to go back to? Um, basically, the end of season four, where we had Rose coming back. We had um, Donna and um, all the others and Captain James. Yeah. Oh, very full TARDIS. Yes. Mickey, Martha... Yes, uh, them too. Rose's mum. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, Two David Tennants. Yeah. <laughs> that's a lot. <laughs> it was. Yeah, that was. That were. Uh, they were crazy times. <laughs> I just remember that that one shot in that episode where, um, where there's one David Tennant standing inside the TARDIS and one standing just outside the door and they're both kind of shepherding everyone in and it's just person after person coming yep. through. <laughs> uh, uh. Wild. 
<laughs> um, uh. What do you think about the very end of this episode where, so they're in the TARDIS and Missy's, Missy's suddenly asking the Doctor if he's alright, very kind of seriously. Yeah. I felt like that came out of nowhere and have no clue what that means. I agree, it felt weird. Um, mm. But to me, it just seemed like a health-related question. <laughs> just like um, a, just like a friendly, uh, are you are you okay, day kind of message. Well, <laughs> I think well to ask that question, um, Missy would either know that he's got a problem with his health, mm. or has seen him before and knows he's looking different now yeah um would be a health related question but there are a few other reasons you might ask that i suppose yeah it could, could be a health thing for sure that would mm. make sense it's uh i i do continue to feel like there's got to be way more to to what's going on this season that mm. uh that I I think, well, I'm hoping and assuming will be revealed later in the season and will change the way we see most of the events in in a lot of these episodes. Um, I'm assuming there's, yeah, just something that they're they're hiding that will kind of explain a lot. Yeah, maybe we'll find a monster at the end of the series to put in the vault. Yes, maybe. They've got to use the vault again, don't they? They can't just... That can't just be it. Sure. And for such a good-looking location. Yeah. <laughs> and it's got a piano, heaters, chairs. Oh, the other thing is, it's funny how in this episode, the, the vault stuff, yeah, it all just kind of doesn't make a lot of sense. They, Nardo is talking to Missy through the door of the vault, mm. uh, which, you know, if that were possible, why wasn't that happening in the first few episodes? Because yeah. there was a lot of talking out that front door. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, well. But this episode, pretty good. Pretty decent. Solid, I would say. Yeah. Solid is kind of the word I'd go with. Um, I think after that first bit with the Doctor and Bill and Nardole just showing up at NASA, mm. um, I wasn't too thrilled about that. You didn't quite get it either. Yeah. Um, and then after that, it it sort of um, downplayed my expectations. So I wasn't <laughs> expecting yeah. too much after that. But I was quite pleasantly surprised by the fact that it was actually a, quite an alright episode. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Uh, it does all it... Uh, it does all the define episode of Doctor Who needs to do. Just yes. some decent characters, a decent little plot. That's yes. it's enjoyed. In some ways, it's that simple. Enjoyed the monsters. Enjoyed the location. It was yes. a good episode. Yeah. Oh, final thing we should mention is um, surely you enjoyed the way that the Ice Warriors kill people. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was pretty brutal. The, did you notice how this episode had a um, uh, a warning uh, before it began? Um, yes. A parental guidance yep. themes warning. Yeah, I th- we, I, I, they've actually done the 
quite a few other episodes, so I'm sort of not really taking it seriously at all. Oh, have they? Right. Yeah. This is the first time I've noticed it in a while. But I reckon that'd be why, the, the way the Ice Warriors kill people. That was fairly horrific. <laughs> uh, I thought it was great. <laughs> yes, well, good. I mean, I just want to, like, get up close and personal with those... Like, what were they made into? Just kind of these cubes. Cubes, but they were fluffy and they had <laughs> bulges and... Yeah, they could. Touch. They certainly could have lingered the shot on them a bit longer, I think, yeah. We only got a quick look. And I wonder how much they weigh. Because <laughs> possibly pick them up and throw them at the ice bros. Okay, you've got all kinds of questions. Uh, <laughs> which we'll have to save for another day. <laughs> another episode. Um, but on that horrific note, that'll be the episode for this week. Catch you next time. Here to play us out is the British anthem, God Save the Queen. Oh, um, <laughs> get so patriotic when this plays. That's right. Uh, subscribe to A Bad Case of Loving Who on iTunes or any other podcatcher. Uh, email us at abcoflovingwho at gmail.com. And Chris, I'll see you next week. Indeed. Oh,